Yeah. Well, so I watched a couple of films last night, one of which I think you'll be very interested in. We talked on our last episode how, um, I mean, you're very interested in the Holocaust and in the memory of the Holocaust and, you know... Yeah, uh, you bet. Yeah, well, for obvious reasons, like you're a Jewish man, understandable. Um, what was the con? Was it Roman Polanski that we covered it last I time? I think so. Yeah, that was the context. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, this film that I watched earlier uh, is called Remember, and it's by the Canadian director Atom Magoyan, and it um, it stars Christopher Plummer, who is now. 89 years old but i think at the time would have been so it's 2015 so he would have been uh like 85 um he plays um an elderly auschwitz survivor living in a nursing home in america um who's got dementia and um his wife dies and this other um um, let, let me look it up because the cast is great but the thing is that the act the main actors in it are um, are so old that right. <laughs> you, you've, you've seen remember, the, remember, what was the title remember or remember something? from 2015 okay. um and um yeah it's so basically uh so the, the actors in it are so old that even though they're like some legendary guys in some cases you it's sometimes quite hard to recognize them like right. i didn't <laughs> even though i think he's a brilliant actor in films like ed wood where he plays bella lugosi or um, in woody allen's film crimes and misdemeanors where he plays the lead role uh, martin landau is a brilliant actor but he's a very old man now and i didn't recognize him in this film but having confirmed that the character he plays is him i can confirm that god landau is terrific as you would expect in this film it's also got uh, from you know those who those who have you know yeah ba- basically from the world war Two movie extended universe you've got bruno Ganz <laughs> returning um not not playing adolf hitler this time he plays um um an elderly I, no, I don't think he's... No, Bruno Ganz doesn't play a survivor. He plays a, uh, a basically, a Nazi cook. Like a guy who was very, a low-level Nazi during the war, but didn't actually commit any major crimes. So he, he was, like, stationed with Rommel, I think, is his, right. his excuse. So basically, Max, played by Martin Landau is another very elderly Holocaust survivor in this nursing home in somewhere in America. Um, and New York City, it says on Wikipedia. And basically, um, like, Max says to the main character, Zev Goodman, who's played by Chris- the great Christopher Plummer, um, that his... Um, that the man who killed their families in the concentration camps is living in America... Because obviously that is a thing. Um, at the yeah. end, at the end of the war, when the concentration camps were liberated, some Nazis tattooed themselves and pretended to be murdered Jewish people, um, mm. so that they could escape and uh, move to a different country. Um, and so basically, Max has written a long letter to Zev, explaining uh, that this is what's happened. The man who killed their families is at large in the United States, um, a guy called Otto Wallisch. And um, 
that Max must go and find these four different guys called Rudy, Rudy Kurlander, which was the name of a Jew killed in the concentration camps whose identity has been stolen by this Nazi. Four different guys called Rudy Kurlander moved from Germany to America in that period. Um, and uh, basically, Zev has got to go and uh, find each of them, determine whether they're the guy, and then ultimately kill the guy. And, um, yeah, but, I mean, I feel like it's kind of hard to talk about this film without really talking about the twist, which <laughs> is... <laughs> so, um, I mean, can you guess what the, the twist is? This elderly man with dementia is looking for the Nazi concentration camp guard who, who killed his family, um, can you think, you know, a, a guy who doesn't really remember the past at all, how this might, an immigrant to from Germany to, um, to, to America at the end of the Second is, World War. Is he the guard? He is actually, for? he is, yeah, he is actually, uh, <laughs> a, he, he was the, uh, the Blockfuhrer block of, um, yeah, uh, in in Auschwitz. Oh, okay. And <laughs> yeah, and and it turns out that the fu- that Rudy Verlander was actually the name stolen by his second in command. <laughs> uh, so right. I mean, it's a little bit, it's a little bit kind of hacky. <laughs> yeah. That that sort of ending. I thought the film was quite quite good though, uh, quite thrilling okay. for a guy um, like Artem Goyan who makes very slow thoughtful and meditative, meditative films. Um, it's got a, a short appearance by Dean Norris who plays Hank in Breaking Bad. Um, right. He shows up as John Kurlander, the son of Rudy Kurlander 3 who it turns out has died. Uh, and John Kurlander is a cop uh, and he welcomes um Christopher Plummer's character into his home uh thinking that he's an old Nazi friend of his dad's shows he's like do you want to see his collection he shows him all his Nazi memorabilia and he's got all these um you know he's got like swastikas on the walls and stuff and then Christopher Plummer no sorry he notices that that Christopher Plummer uh has tattoo on his arm indicating that he was a survivor of the concentration camps and he gets very very angry um and starts yelling jew at him a lot and uh then christopher Plummer kills him basically because uh, <laughs> his guy uh max his his um fellow survivor from from the uh the old people's home has um so because obviously zev can't remember anything Max has written him this extensive letter that explains your wife is dead, uh, you know, you've got dementia, that's why you can't remember anything. You're looking for the guy who killed our families in the concentration camps. Um Yeah. And what I what so what I did think about this film is that like, you know, one of one of the important things I I, I guess yeah, one of the important things to think about with the Holocaust, as with a lot of like historical periods of repression, brutality, mass murder, is is how it's remembered, you know, um, of course, yeah. and how how people do 
seek to put it behind them. Um, a lot of people did after the war. They they kind of just got this idea, you know. Well, they na- you know quite naturally, people who were involved in Nazi crimes didn't want to be held by held to account for them, and so they disappeared all quite around right. the world. Yeah. Um, and so you had institutions like the, the Simon Weisenfall Center set up to uh, to track them down, you know, as well as uh, um, you know Israeli intelligence did a lot of that as well, didn't they? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, uh, you. But like I say, there's you get other kind of on other instances of historical repression and murder, not on the scale of the Holocaust necessarily, but. You know, uh, you if, if you look at Spain, uh, there's it's very divided in terms of the people there who wish to remember what happened under Franco and who those who wish to sweep it under the carpet. It's, right. Um, and Patricio Guzman made this great documentary called Nostalgia for the Light. He's a Chilean filmmaker, and he made a film in which a couple of the characters who were persecuted under Pinochet's regime, I think. I think they're not people who were involved with the Pinochet regime. They, um, you know, it's an old couple and the the husband has dementia and he can't remember anything. uh, And she literally spends her life trying to chronicle what happened under the Pinochet regime. So she, all she does is remember. Um, So, so this, I don't know, this, this film about kind of like historical memory um is you know an interesting ap- approach to take to a holocaust story and um it's kind of like um the, the, they said that they did the film now you know the reason that they they wanted to make the film was was to do it while some of the people who were survivors of the holocaust and some people who were culpable in the holocaust were still alive while this debate is still going on about what should happen to these people, should they be allowed to just, you know, live their lives because it was ages ago? You know, no, <laughs> I don't think. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it's. I, yeah, I thought it was really fascinating, and um, and and, and what my probably my final point on it is just the fact that it's an incredible film about age, just the way it focuses on the sheer the gate of Christopher Plummer, age 85, just kind of his, his like kind of wobbly walk, just the way he seems so kind of nonplussed, um, (laughs) uh, you know, just like the lines of every elderly actor, particularly Christopher Plummer, Martin Lando and Bruno Ganz, their faces in in the film. Um, you know, it's, yeah, it's really quite kind of, um, quite quite beautiful in its own way i suppose um mm. but it's kind of it's kind of a strange sort of quite pulpy film i feel it does merit the sort of long explanation of it that i've given but it, it it's you know uh yeah it's a strange kind of like collision of of uh serious and trashy okay yeah it sounds interesting I'll i'll check it out remember right yeah, that's one I specifically thought you would be very interesting interested in remembering our our like discussion about like Holocaust related films last time. 
Oh yeah, you're quite right. That it's definitely a subject that interests me. I've actually I've watched a few films that were either that were at least uh, dealing with the aftermath or the consequences of the Holocaust. Okay. Um, as well as one that was <clears throat> directly set during the Holocaust, uh, which is. Uh, the East German 1975 film directed by Frank Beyer called um, Jacob the Liar, which okay, was yeah. re- remade in, I believe, 1999 with Robin Williams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, he, I guess he he did some serious stuff, Robin Williams, yeah. but it sounds... Although okay, but... the remake is considered pretty much trash, but yeah. Well, it's, yeah, I imagine, yeah. totally (laughs) um this is a film i've been wanting to watch since at least like 2013 2014 but it was very hard to find a copy Um, yeah i managed to it's it's not a long film it's about 87 minutes 88 minutes something like that um okay and basically the plot is this guy named jacob is in the I think it's the Warsaw ghetto. Um, okay, and he is. It's just before uh, curfew, and one of the guards stops him and tells him to go to the police station because he's breaking perf- curfew. Even though he's actually not quite, but whatever. He gets sent there. And uh, he hears on the radio while he's waiting to be seen um, that the Russians are it near are like twenty miles away from or twenty kilometers away from uh, some Polish town, mm. uh, and eventually he finds the guy he's supposed to see at the station, and because the guy was asleep and drinking, he's just like, ah, fuck off, get out of here. Um, and so he runs, so Jacob runs off home. Um, but then the next day, he's telling people, like, guys, guys, the, the Russians are nearby, and nobody will believe that he went into the police station and didn't get murdered. So okay. he ends up telling them, okay, okay, I've got a radio, and that's how I found out. And, of course, it's illegal to have a radio. And so from there, it's it is, it, 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 it's very bleak, but I think it is kind of a dark comedy of errors of, like, he has to tell more and more lies in order to support the original lie. Uh, mm. And there there is... Uh, a certain dark humor to it for sure um but basically yeah that's the plot of the film and it just snowballs from there um until the end yeah i don't really want to give away what happens at the end but it's worth checking out
Frank Bayer, the director, is like uh, considered to be the most notable East German director. Um, okay. He, I, I, this film is somewhat known outside of East Germany amongst critics, but it's, um, yeah, the, the East German cinema is not, like, huge, um, sadly, uh, because I, I've, I've actually been watching a lot of DEFA films lately. Um, mm. the, the, the next one I was going to just mention, um, also related to uh, the Holocaust, but it's more of like a... Um, I, I don't know. It, 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 it's Der Rat der Gotter, which means like the Council of the Gods. It's named okay. after a painting of the Greek gods, which features prominently um, in, uh, in the film. Um, and it's about the culpability of the various American and German business interests that supported the rise of the Nazis and their mass extermination of various people, including the Jews. It's really, like, it cuts to the fucking bone about, like, uh, capitalism. It's it's a 1950 movie from East Germany, so it's, you know, very politically good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's pretty cool, man. That, that sounds like an interesting film. Um... I mean, I watched another Holocaust-related film, and that was Paul Verhoeven's Black Book, which... Have you oh, watched yeah. that one yet? Uh, no, I've, it's on my list to see. <laughs> but I, I thought it, it was... Yet. It is great, man. It's like, it is about the Holocaust, but, you know, it's like a classic sexy Verhoeven thriller, <laughs> you know? Okay, right, uh, right. <laughs> like, um... I swear, a lot of his films, they are about kind of like... Uh, so I'm trying to put this in a non-bait way. All right, so his last film, Elle, was about this woman played by Isabelle Huppert in an incredible performance who... Um, she is sexually assaulted in her own home right at the start of the film by a masked intruder. Um, and she spends kind of like... She sort of deals with it, like, in her own way, um, which, in in the end, involves having a relationship with the perpetrator. Um, and so he deals very much in that kind of uh, ambiguity uh, about, you know, and, and, and talks about how, like, desire can overcome values and stuff uh the, the kind of like complexity of human human desire basically uh, i already used desire but i can sure. think of a simile in time <laughs> um and in this film uh, it's about a dutch jewish resistance fighter or i should say jewish dutch resistance fighter it's for dutch resistance uh she happens to be jewish but you know they show right. that a lot of pe a lot of people in the resistance don't care about jewish people there's a lot of very anti-communist people in the resistance as well um it it's shown and um I I lost track of all the you know fucking white men in films, man. They all look. The same. <laughs> no, but yeah. the thing is, like white men in films 
set in wartime situations do all look the same and um <laughs> like period films they all got a fucking flat cap on and you can't tell who's who uh so yeah, i'm not sure if it back turned inside out that, and yeah <laughs> yeah i'm not sure if it turned out that the communist had sold the rest of them out to uh fucking nazis someone does but um but yeah it's really interesting it, it, it kind of starts off in uh in a kibbutz in uh at the after the mm. war um, yeah, i remember you sending me a message saying the kibbutz got bombed I'm like what but it wasn't i got confused <laughs> yeah <laughs> like who would have bombed a kibbutz from like a sophisticated military aircraft not, not gonna happen <laughs> it was um no no it, it yeah it was a flashback to the second world war i just missed the transition from uh, from yeah. after the war to during the war probably because i was messaging you uh, it was but... just one of the more unexpected and therefore like weirdly funny messages i received that day <laughs> yeah uh, just, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well i was i just thought it was interesting to see you know a, a kibbutz on film really i was just like oh this Fair. is not yeah. i mean i'm sure there's a lot of israeli films that show that kind of thing but not not in a mainstream film admittedly a mainstream european film this is by a former hollywood director but verhoven does not work in hollywood anymore um but yeah basically yeah 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 he he is uh, so he's gone back to holland in recent years yeah of course the the, (laughs) name which i still can't spell and um (laughs) yeah but but basically in this like this this woman has uh this resistance fighter she's got to uh kind of snuggle up with this nazi uh he's like the head of the ss in uh is it the s no no sorry he's the head of i can't remember he's like the head of either <laughs> either no no it is the ss yeah yeah he's the head of the ss not the gestapo but the, the, the like the holland branch of the ss um yeah. and she, she's got to like buddy up with him and uh then what do you know? They fall in love, uh, and so she's sort of in love with this Nazi, and he turns out to be like he more he's more just a kind of military man than than a real Nazi. It turns out his colleagues are much more Nazi-ish than him, and I thought that was a little bit bait, to be honest. Like, yeah, like, hey, we it's kind of a, a cop Nazi. out. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but I've got to say, it didn't stop me enjoying the film. I and, and I, so well-made film. Yeah, and with with Verhoeven, I mean, like, I thought Elle was an amazing film, and I found the thing about the Mm. woman who's a rape victim kind of falling for her attacker. I found that very problematic as well, but I was still fucking bowled over by that film. So I think with Verhoeven, like, yeah, I mean, he's a provocateur. I don't think a cheap provocateur necessarily, though. I think it's always very artful. Um, Mm. His... Yeah, I think he just kind of lives to uh, to provoke, to offend uh, bourgeois morality, you know. <laughs> yeah, um, I but definitely in a, in a think mo- that's true in the films I've seen, like RoboCop and uh, Starship Troopers. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, exactly those films. And again, like you know, there's something about them that can sit uneasily with you. Even though yeah. I do, I think those are good films. I obviously, you know, I'm not gonna be like. Was it Roger Ebert who was like, Starship Troopers is fascist? Um, Might have been. I don't know. I mean, uh, the, 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 the characters portrayed in Starship Troopers are very much fascist. But uh, like, yeah, exactly. But how do you miss that they're not being portrayed as the good guys? Whether How you interpret it, yeah. 
Yeah, I I need to rewatch Starship Troopers actually because I think that's a film I didn't give enough of a chance when I did see it. Uh, yeah, but we now, watched it back in first year of university, wasn't it? Yeah, I mean, but now I really I I love Paul Verhoeven, so I, I mean, I I should I should give, <laughs> give that a watch and just kind of like uh, give it another try. Um, there's quite a funny thing. Uh, I think it was in Mark Kermode's review of Green Book. He actually, I sometimes slag off Kermode on these episodes, but he had pretty much the same take about Green Book, which is like, it doesn't all work. There are flaws with it, but it's kind of uh, a great way to spend two, two and a half hours. But, um, uh, what do you mean? Yeah. You said Green Book? Not Green, yeah, sorry, Black Book. Green okay. Book, I don't know. I still haven't watched it. Sounds fucking horrific. I, I didn't check. I didn't. I haven't checked. That <laughs> um, no, I mean Black Book. With Kermode said in that, but he he quoted Verhoeven uh, about talking about his two thousand film Hollow Man, uh, which was his final Hollywood film, and uh, <laughs> he said. But apparently Verhoeven had said Hollow Man. Uh, it is a hollow film. <laughs> 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 so it's kind of cool that. He's gone back to Europe, and even if he's not making the films at a very regular clip, he's still making movies. Like I'm very excited to uh, for uh, Benedetta, his upcoming nun drama. Oh, it's a lesbian oh, yeah. nun drama. Nice, that's classic that's, Verhoeven. That is classic Verhoeven, isn't it? <laughs> you see what <laughs> I mean? He just loves offending those. those uh, I guess not. Not just not so much like. I guess Michael Haneke really likes offending bourgeois sensibilities, but but I, with Verhoeven, he more he likes offending sensibilities. <laughs> In any sensibilities, he'll offend them, you know. <laughs> but not quite but, on the level, I don't think of um, you know the house that Jack built. Uh, oh, Von Trier, yeah, okay, Von Trier, he, yeah. He loves offending all kinds of sensibilities. I, but so, see, I don't have so much of a problem with provocateurs. Like, I mean, I think that the the two Dali Boonwell collaborations are some of the greatest films of all time. And mm-hmm. Dali did just like to scandalize, you know? He yeah, wasn't, yeah. He wasn't a committed socialist like Boonwell was. In fact, he was a fascist. <laughs> but may- maybe the fact that Boonwell, uh, well, in fact, definitely the fact that he collaborated with Boonwell on most pictures does give him a heft they wouldn't have uh, if they were just like Dali uh, trying to scandalise people. But but you, you know what I mean? I think there's a place yeah, yeah. for the, the, the Verhovens of the world, the, the Von Triers. Um, I'm not that into Gaspar Noe. I think he's a bit mm. like that. I'm not that into Harmony Korean. There's you know sure what can you say but yeah you know yeah, it can be useful to push the envelope yeah this year we explored the failure of democracy how the social scientists brought our world to the brink of chaos we talked about the veterans how they took control and imposed the stability that has lasted for generations since you know these facts but have i taught you anything of value this year hmm you why are only citizens allowed to vote it's a reward. What the Federation gives you for doing federal service. No. No. Something given has no value. There was one more film that okay. was uh, directly sort of to do with that. Uh, 1985 Belarusian Soviet production um, called Come and See. I've, I've heard of that. That's meant to be a, a classic film. 
Oh my god, man. I, I don't know if I've ever seen, like, a bleaker war film. Like, wow. <laughs> but <laughs> at the same time, fun and very games. good. Yeah, right? <laughs> like, yeah. We're talking like villages getting burned with pe- people getting round up and, and, and shot and like, uh, it's, it's pretty brutal, but it just follows, yeah, this boy really who like, uh, joins like a partisan group or something, uh, and, and like, it's, and, and, and he finds and rescues a girl and they just sort of like stumble from one Nazi atrocity to another. Uh, yeah, like some kind of absolutely horrible inverted fairy tale story, almost. No, I think I remember PB from uni, our, our Russian friend Alex, recommending this film to me. Really? Okay, huh? R- remember, he liked some deep films so long as they were in Russian. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is this in Russian? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. His, his command of the English language was. You know, better than our command of Russian, I guess. <laughs> well, speak for yourself, mate, uh. <laughs> comrade. <laughs> <laughs>